eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, Jay Lehman brings it. He always brings it. He's an all-American linebacker, knows how to bring it every day, uh, and he's great uh, giving us analysis every week here on the On Enquirer podcast. But this week in particular, I think it's important to hear from Jay Lehman, and I thought he was great. Some guys who are analysts might kind of, how do I say this, tiptoe around the issues and the problems because uh, they don't want to upset anybody. You know, Jay's not coming out here with a flamethrower I don't want to put that but like he just frankly addresses what the issues are what he thinks and what he's seeing uh doesn't have to sugarcoat anything and I think we all see what we see right now and I think Jay is cathartic to listen to and he addresses the big issues and really concerning issues about Illinois football right now with the scheme the way they're approaching things right now and uh maybe with the personnel as well so without delay coming up next Jay Lehman on the Illini's big issues after a 2-3 and three start and a 44-19 loss at Purdue, staring down a Friday night game against Nebraska that feels like a massive game for this team, this season, and this program. We talk about it next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. I'm always excited to talk about our sponsor, Homefield, because they are a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis, and they have phenomenal Illini gear ready for you. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, they are comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college design. So if you like that vintage Illini look, you want more gear to wear to the games, Go check out homefieldapparel.com. They feature a growing collection of over 150-plus colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. What I love about Homefield Designs, they're super unique because they actually delve into the archives and the history of each school, so they use unique logos, iconic moments, to create thoughtfully designed apparel. So I'm looking at their site now, homefieldapparel.com, and they got Fighting Illini Rose Bowl tee. They got a Flying Illini blue shirt with a Flying Illini logo. It's phenomenal. They also got a hoodie for you uh, and some really retro cool Illini basketball logos. They got the 2005 Illinois basketball logo with the crew neck t-shirt. They got the script Illinois. I'm telling you guys, these are not only great looking t-shirts, but they're also really, really Comfortable. You can also go back to your 80s Illini uh, football days, the heydays, and they got the Illini helmet, kind of that half circle logo that I thought was 
a lot better than that Giants copy myself. But go check it out at homefieldapparel.com. Give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their collection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. That's Illini23 discount code at homefieldapparel.com to get 15% off. Homefield Apparel is the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Monday, so we chat with Jay Lehman about Illinois football. And Jay, these uh, Monday chats have not been as good as they were last year. We, we saw warning signs <laughs> about this team. Uh, heading into this game at Purdue, and but this was a disturbing loss uh, for the program. So, as a former player, what what concerns you most of all of the issues we've seen? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, you know, and I, we always go back to this, and I say, when I saw the Indiana game last year, I wasn't concerned because I saw how we dominated the line of scrimmage, running the football, and stopping the run, and I think to be a great football team at any level. I'm talking from Pee Wee to the NFL. It starts, I don't care who your quarterback is, if you can run the ball and you can stop the run, you've got a chance. And if you look across the Big Ten Conference or any conference for that matter, for the most part, the top third can stop the run and run the ball. The middle third can do one or the other. The bottom third can do neither, right? And that's the issue that we're running into is we can never hang our hat on that, which has been a staple of Brett Bielema programs is, hey, we have not been able to run the ball. When you can't run the ball, you get in second and long, third and long. You start getting defenses that simply pin their ears back and start to isolate your weakest one or two offensive linemen. And you give up a bunch of sacks, you give up a bunch of pressures, and then in turn, you're going to turn the ball over in critical situations because the quarterback's under pressure. So you can see the cascade effect of all of those things happening. But it starts the line of scrimmage. If I can't stop the run and run the ball, I have no chance to be a great football team. Jay, I, th- I thought my biggest takeaway from Brett Bielma after the game was he brought up how our offense still doesn't have an identity. So I followed up. I said, you keep saying this. Like, so what, what, how do you fix this? How, how do you address it? And he said, we're going to have to have some hard conversations with our offensive staff because mm. the offense has taken a step backward uh, in year two here under Barry Lundy Jr. So what do you expect uh, those conversations to be like? And, and what kind of changes do you expect uh, Illinois should make on the offense? Well, well, first off, this is, this is big boy football. This is big 10 football. Everybody's getting paid. Uh, big-time salaries. And so these questions uh, come with the territory, number one. And then as the head coach, uh, you're the guy that brought in both these coordinators or elevated one of the coordinators in Aaron Henry. And so it is your responsibility, and this is why you're paid the big bucks. But I think it's very obvious when you watch this offense play, and let's start with the offense, there is no separation anywhere from receivers or holes. We're not getting anything. You ever watched like, 
I'll give an extreme example to prove a point. I'm watching the Ole Miss LSU game. There's guys open everywhere. You can say they're not playing any defense. You can say all that. Sure. You, you could say all of that. There's guys that there's just more space. You know, it just seems like everything is so compact. Every yard we get is a struggle. We're not getting a lot of freebies here and there. The plays that are schemed up that are correct, whether it's the Boyer play down the goal line or whether it's the uh, Pat Bryant pass that we dropped, you know, maybe you, you catch both of those and uh, that's a 11 point swing or, you know, 10 point, 11 point swing a little bit. And, and you might feel a little bit better about the offense, but we simply haven't done that. And so I think you look at this scheme and I think Brett's going to go back to, hey, how do I get the best 11 on the field? My tight ends seem to be playing better than most of my team right now. From a protection standpoint, from a catching the ball standpoint, do we need to run more 12, 13 personnel, two tight ends, three tight ends to get there? And we're going to run the football and we're going to max protect and we're going to get the ball out quicker. I know we want to have a vertical passing attack, but the vertical passing attack really does well when we have success on first and second down, yeah. right? Because then you know, hey, Maybe, maybe the team could run, you do a little play action, you go deep, you max protect. I think we need to mix in some of the RPO that we had that barely had a UTSA, was successful with that with Tommy DeVito. One thing that Tommy was good about, they might not throw the ball down the field, but they got the ball out quick. And I think that made the offensive line look a lot better sack-wise than maybe they possibly were. And I think Chase Brown, as well as a running back, erased some of the errors that maybe the offensive line had by making one or two guys miss. Yeah. And then it's all of a sudden like, oh, we're better than we are. And then we have guys that probably not as dynamic in the backfield, maybe stronger at the point of attack, maybe. And then we have longer foreign pass routes. You have a little concoction right now that's led to a lot of pressure, not a lot of dynamic offense. I'm, I'm glad you went there, Jake, because that, that was kind of my read because Brett said, we know who we are and we know who we aren't. aren't. And, and Barry has this offense that if I think he has – the talent I think could be dynamic but when you have an offensive line that doesn't protect all that well you have a running game that's struggling to get going you're getting in a lot of third and longs where you got to take these deeper shots um, I thought 12 13 personnel more RPOs would make sense so I mean that that's got to be the change this week. I, right? I, I think so I think if I'm looking at and, and you know so you said what is the identity what does Brett go back to say to Barry Lenny what he and he keeps saying the phrase too I've got to reevaluate what I'm, what we're asking these guys to do. Yeah. Right. That is the phrase I've heard multiple times. And, and currently we're asking them to protect for three or four seconds. And it doesn't seem like we're able to protect for three or four seconds. So if I have a litany of plays as an offensive coordinator that, you know, are, are three, four second routes, maybe some double moves in there here and there, some wheel routes, some running back out of the backfield or some throwbacks. Um, all those are null and void if I can't protect. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've got to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, how do we have success on first and second down? Hey, how do we get Isaiah Williams the ball uh, as much as we can, even in the in the run game, short passing game? Uh, is he is he our edge threat on the run game? Right. I mean, we had some success with that last year. Haven't seen it as much this year as be as successful with it this year. But I think you do that and you go to hey Luke Altmaier. Uh, we love what you're doing. We like that you're giving you know effort and whatnot, but we've got to mix it up into let's run the RPO. They've had some success with Pat Bryant on the RPO. Yeah. Pat Bryant, probably his best route that he runs 
is that slant RPO, and he does make those catches contested. I will say Pat struggled with some hands issues, but he hasn't struggled on the RPO throw. And so I think we need to hit that up. I think Pat's a good blocker on the edge as well. I think that's part of the reason he's in there. Um, and so I would like to see more running, I think, uh, and, and to Wagner's point, um, you know, on your post-game pod, the first drive of a lot of these games look really good. Yeah. The misdirection, and you'll see what Barry Lunny does. He oftentimes uh, knows the defense is going to be very aggressive, so he'll throw in boots or counters or quarterback runs, and we see that. I'd like to see more of that throughout the game, but again, anytime I have any kind of counter, it is a slower progressing play because I have to fake one way or the other, which means I have to rely on the offensive line to actually hold up to let me do the counter. So I believe that's going to be what you're going to see. You talked about the lack of separation, maybe the lack of explosiveness from for certain running backs. Sure. Is, it, is it time to deal with the growing pains of, of Caden Fagan, Malik Elzey, Kanari Wilcher, and, and get some more of those guys on the field? We've seen it in drips and drabs here, Jay. Um, yeah. Do, do you expect to see more of it? So I think Caden Fagan was the was the best running back on the field for Illinois. Uh, it sounded like Brett alluded to that, thought he ran with an attitude. I think you're, he's going to see more reps. Um, I unlike the offensive line, where alluded to, I think we've got the best guys out there. I'm not sure we have another guy pressing for a time. He says that it's going to kind of read between the lines of what he says. I. I do think there are some guys behind the receivers that are pressing for a time as far as production separation, other than Isaiah Williams. I think we got to give credit to Isaiah Williams. I mean, for, for what he's done in these five games, I don't know if he's still leading the big 10 receptions and receiving uh, yards yeah. and receiving yards. Uh, he, he's truly a dynamic, uh, you know, to, to, to lead in an offense like Illinois to lead, the country in receptions. I mean, it's, I mean, not countries, the conference in receptions. That's pretty impressive, you know. And Jay, what I, what I think is is interesting. A lot of them aren't those cheapos anymore. Those cheapo shot. These are down the field, getting really? separation, like hauling the ball in, running good routes. Like he is a full blown wide receiver now. He, he he's the real deal, and he's got and he's really worked on his hands. And and uh, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit. And and he was going against the defense that that knew how to stop him. Mm-hmm. You know, that was recruited that recruited him and everything else. So. I think he's a guy that is weapon, but the other guys, you know, Pat Bryant to me early in the season, I thought he was pretty much untouchable number, not number one, but right there with Isaiah as far as a receiver. But I don't think he's as far as finishing plays with his hands and I, and, and getting the separation we want. I think you're going to see Malik Elsey push for time. They're really high on Wiltshire. We haven't seen him play that much for as high as they were in the spring on him. And, you know, I like Hank Baby. He's just got ball security issues. He got away with another fumble. Got, got, got away with another fumble this, this week, which should have been a touchdown for Ashton Hollis. Speaking of Ashton Hollis, here's a guy that, that keeps on showing up. You know, as a young football player, um, my dad used to tell me, and I was too young for this, I think Simeon Rice's first year was 1992. He would come on the field, and he didn't start, but he would always make a splash. Like he would always do something. I'm not saying National House makes, we see him make a big catch. We see him block a punt. We see him be the guy. He should actually have a touchdown on that play. Mm-hmm. You know, it was late in the game. They didn't review. He fumbled. He recovers. And then the, he seems to be at the right spot at the right time. And I think he's got some size that maybe we're, we're looking for in that, in that area. So I think you're going to see guys pressing, but I think you're also going to see uh, receivers lose time because tight ends are going to be on the field. 
Yeah. I think you're going to, and, and you know, obviously in 12 personnel, you're going to have two receivers. 13, you're going to have one receiver. So they might lose time because as a position group, they're simply not playing strong enough. I don't think you can take Isaiah Williams off the field much. Right. Uh, maybe they give him a blow here and there after a punt return, but you got to keep him on the field as much as you can. I don't see them taking him off the field. Jade, uh, we're waiting. We haven't heard yet. We're recording this before Brett Bielma speaks. I don't know what uh, Zy Chrysler's injury is. Josh Geske off the field had seemed to have an ankle injury uh, of some kind. But Chrysler's looked pretty severe. Uh, was carted sure. off the field, or was at least on a cart uh, coming off the field when we saw him. But uh, what can be done about this offensive line right now? Is it is it just getting the tight ends to help them? Yeah. So uh, I don't think. Well, there's a, there, first of all, there's not a quick fix, okay, on the offensive line. Um, I think Zy Chrysler's in there and Josh Geske are in there uh, because they perform the best out of everybody that is in that group. So if there was somebody better, I think they would have gotten the chance by now. Um, so it, it's of my opinion, I think we need to move Adams back to left guard. Hmm. I, I think he's an excellent left guard. I think he's an average right tackle based on what I've seen. Uh, that's not a knock on him. It's just what I've seen as far as performance-based football. I think you solidify uh, that left side and you've got to find out, okay, on the right side, how can we bring a tight end, two tight ends over there that, you know, a lot of times we're going to have, you know, Tip over there or Boyer over there or maybe even Griffin Moore, or whoever it may be, to help solidify that side. I think you bring Jordan Slaughter in at, at guard if, if Geske can't go on the right side. And you've got to figure out what your right tackle situation is. I don't know what it is, and maybe the best thing for the team is Isaiah Adams, but I just think we need something we can depend on if we need a yard or two. And right now, we don't have that anywhere. Yeah, because I know there can be a lot of folks, Adams had a one-on-one that he whiffed, right? But yeah. I thought he was a little better, actually, when I rewatched sure. the film, Jay. But yeah, he's kind of average at, at probably best at, at yeah. right tackle. I don't um, think he's horrible. No, but the interior was a problem. Like that, right. The interior was a real problem against Purdue, picking up those stunts. So I, I kind of agree with you like if Adams is is great at left guard maybe you got to sure. think of, of making that move but who right tackle is is it is it Hunter Whitenack I I don't know I, that's I, tough. I don't I, I don't know who it is but we're getting I mean ever since we've seen the Penn State tape so Penn State and Kansas for that matter use a lot of movement up front against our offensive line we've struggled with movement on our offensive line uh and it's just what everybody's going to do. And there, there's some guys. I mean, uh, uh, Purdue's uh, Scorton, Scouting. He's I mean, he, he, he's the real deal. I mean, he's an NFL defensive lineman. It's not like these guys are not good. But, I'm, but we really, really struggle with movement. And I think one of the hardest things to do when you're in a new position, especially like tackle, is you've got to deal with a lot of movement. And like I said, I think Isaiah Adams has done admirable. I don't think he's a horrible tackle. I just think he's a much better guard. We have nothing to hang our hat on. I know there's no easy solutions right now, and our depth right now at that position is not great. And that's what Brett has even alluded to. We don't have a lot of guys at that position ready to play. And usually when building a program, and I I know that people hate to say that we're still building, but it's obvious we are still building. Um, The offensive line is usually the last thing to get built up Mm -hmm. uh, to where you want it to be. 
I'm very excited to announce a new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. We decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can more than 20 times your amount of money by going five for five. They also have a best ball mania. If you think you know football, you got to check this one out. This year's best ball mania has 50 million in total prizes up for grabs with the winner taking home 3 million. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 plus and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concern with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. RJ, let's switch to the defense. I thought the difference in, in the defense was pretty stark given that it's mm. kind of the same scheme. Uh, what did Ryan Walters and Kevin Kane do that Aaron Henry and Brett Bielma did not do defensively? Yeah, well, one thing I've always I've always liked about Ryan Walters, this sounds simple, but he'll find some pressure point that really works and he will be relentless on it. Mm-hmm. And um, he is not afraid uh, to give up three or four big plays a game. I mean, think about it. I mean, he could have given up the Pat Bryant play. They gave up the quarterback run. They've got burnt on it a little bit times. But I think they really exposed – once they found, okay, where's the weak point, you know, on the offensive line? And it was seemed to be the heart of the offensive line mostly, you know, in the interior – they just pounded that over and over. It was, I, I mean, if you looked at the amount of five and six man rushes that Purdue had, it was a pretty high ratio, I think, of what it was. And, and then they just said, we're just going to guard your guys in the back end, man to man, which is typical Ryan Walters. But Kane and Walters had much, much more aggression than I think Illinois and Aaron Henry did. It's almost like we are, you know, we've been relying on our front four or five to, to get pressure. And, and Keith at times does it. Johnny at times does it. We haven't got a lot of production out of our outside linebackers, although Seth Coleman, I thought, played hard and at times made some plays running after it caused a fumble. Uh, we're just not getting that production. But as far as the difference, it was total aggression and finding the weak point and just going after that weak point over and over and over again. And I didn't see that from our defense uh, particularly, especially in the third quarter. It's probably the worst quarter of defense I've seen as a play in a long time. I'm, I'm wondering where those outside linebackers are, Jay. Like, they, they didn't play mm-hmm. a lot. Um, they, they went more towards the, the inside guys. You saw Kruitz and Odaluga come down as, as those dime pass rushers. Uh, they they brought in an NFL guy to get more production out of them, but like they need Gabe Ackes and Seth Goldman to, to be players. And, and I don't know if that's scheming them up or, or those guys just playing better, they, but they got to get those guys going. Well, I, I think in general, you at least need a sack a game between those two. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you think you're going to get 12 to 15 sacks a year out of those two guys. And I don't think that standard is too high at all. One, I think this year. I think I think Gabe had one in Penn State, right? Yeah, that's it. And so it's, it's like we're not we're not getting the production from that position that's needed. Um, and that being said, I, I you know I thought Dylan Rosiak for all the linebackers played well. I thought Kruitz flashed a little bit, 
I, I like Odaluga. He seems a little bit lost out there sometimes, to be honest. He's athletic. He makes some plays. I don't see our linebackers really knowing where to fit or pressing down into the gap. It seems like they're getting washed a lot. And when you're getting washed a lot, it means you're not knowing, not necessarily not knowing where you're going, but you need to shuffle and attack the line of scrimmage. I don't see our linebackers attacking the line of scrimmage that we need to. You know, we got we, they, they run a hard zone or hard zone left, and I can shuffle to stay in my gap, but at some point I've got to attack the line of scrimmage. Rosiak did that a couple yeah. times, and so I, I will give him credit. I mean, um, I, I think Rosiak has impressed me with his stoutness, despite his size. Has a lot of pop behind him. James Crute's athletic, obviously, on that on that close to being a safety play. Uh, Odaluka's athletic. I just think uh, he got away with two two tackles that could have been big penalties. Uh, you know, and added on. Uh, I like him. I just think that he's young. You know, I didn't see a ton of Tariq Barnes on the field. Uh, as much as we'd seen him, I mean, I, I so I, I I didn't see him play as much. I don't I don't know if he's if he's banged up or not. But this is a guy who's a fifth or sixth year player, and uh, thought that he was going to be a, a big linchpin. So there's a lot of issues that I'm seeing. But it starts with the defense the defensive line. I don't think the outside backers have given us the production we've been looking for. Jay, I thought the secondary really struggled. I mean, some of those one-on-one battles, but the, the, the penalties, the, the penalties from that group are, are killers. You had a bust. Um, I, I thought the run support wasn't all that good. Um, man, it's just that, that defense, I, I thought the last two weeks had made progress. I, I thought they just took a big step. Well, back. it almost felt to me like Graham Harrell said, okay, two out of three chance on a deep ball, we're either going to catch it or – we're going to get a pass interference. That's what it felt like, especially when they were going after Taz and and Toby. It felt like they knew if they threw any kind of back shoulder, there would be at least a chance for a penalty, right? Or they would catch it. Uh, and Deion Burks is a good player. Yeah, they got yeah. some good. They they they've got some good players. But and speaking of separation, we don't got a guy right now that can get separation down the field. Like Berkson. I think Isaiah Williams can do it mid midfield. Uh, although Isaiah, we know, is is much quicker side to side than he is a straight line guy. But um, we don't have a guy like Burks that can really stretch it right now. But it just felt like Graham Harrell, the offensive corner for Purdue, was like, okay, let's throw it up on Toby, let's throw it up on on Taz, let's test them out. We're either gonna catch it or we're either gonna get a pass interference. I mean, I think Hudson Card started eight for eight in the first second half. Yeah, I mean, we just Dyson. Which one thing I noticed, Jay, watching the film is like I, I'd like Altmaier needs to speed it up a little bit, but I, I don't think he trusts his wide receivers maybe to to do that because at some point, yeah, you you got to go throw it up like in one on one battles, and it just feels like he's a little hesitant. I saw Hudson Card just total confidence in doing that. Right, right. I mean, yeah, he has a lot of confidence in his guys, and. I will say a lot of those guys have been playing in a similar pass happy system for a while. Where it was, hey, let's throw it out. You know, Connell fourth round draft pick. You know, for for years, so they've been in that system and kind of throw it up and, and whatnot. It just seemed way more exciting the Purdue offense. I, that's that's how it's and that that bothers me, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and it bothers me that Purdue has fifty nine thousand fans. They're one and three and they're excited about it, right? I mean, they're, they're still excited. I mean, they have a. A quarterback that and, and a receiver set. You know, people just decide to call me all the time. <laughs> Unfortunately, during this time, and and you know, I have my my wife use my phone because I'm trying to 
a little side note. I'm trying to set up a printer today because I don't even oh, know how to do that. No. My wife sets up all my electronic stuff. She's used with my phone and stuff. So sometimes you'll hear phones and whatnot. Um, Busy man. Call. I don't know why at 10 o'clock on Monday, it's like, let's call. It's, but it's, let me get back to my point, which was, um, which was uh, these guys have been throwing the football all, all, all around and Purdue just seems excited as a program. And I heard you mention, man, it seemed like they were in year three and we were in year one. Remember, this is a first year coach, first year program. And we got beat by 25. I think that's so alarming for this program. Yeah, let me let me go there. Brett Bielma talks about tough, smart, dependable. That's not happening. Penalties, sure. turnovers, mental errors, not doing those things. Those are happening. This, this feels like a big moment. I, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, Jay, but this feels like a big moment for Brett Bielma and his program. How does he go about addressing it? This is a great question. Uh, you know, I, I had a chance to read in the paper that uh, one of the one of the athletes said that Brett mentioned in the locker room that in the next five days we got to make more progress than any team in the country. Um, that's slightly hyperbolic, and so he's taking it. He's taking it there, right? I'm saying like, okay, well, we got to make more progress, and we got to get there in a hurry. I don't think Brett, in his career outside of Wisconsin 2021, has really lost a Big Ten game like that. Uh, not many. Uh, at Wisconsin, I know that. I mean, it, it, and and here at it, it, Illinois hasn't hasn't felt like that. And I think that's the weird thing is that we feel like we got accustomed to being in each game, and it's feeling like we're getting farther and farther away from that. We're kind of going the opposite direction, and so Brett's got to figure out something quick. First and foremost, you've got to stay in games offensively by not committing penalties, turnovers, and these negative plays on offense, okay? We knew the defense was going to take a step back. But I think the question we're all asking ourselves, you know, offensively, did Chase Brown really and Tommy DeVito really do that much? Because we didn't lose a ton of other guys. Pelcheski was a big loss, I will say that, okay? But defensively, were our defensive backs just so good that nobody could throw the ball anyway and our defensive line was able to make a bunch of plays because nobody was ever open and if they did throw it, it'd be picked? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, these are the questions that are going in Illinois' heads. Like, Illinois fans' heads like, what is going on? Because I thought this was an eight-win team uh, five weeks ago when I looked at their thing. I don't know if they're a four-win team right now. Not the I, I know, right? Not, not, not the way they're playing. I mean, I would say that Northwestern could beat them right now. Shoot. Um uh, Nebraska uh, has a good rush defense and can run the ball. They, I mean, they got boat raced by Michigan, but Michigan's Michigan. And then Indiana, I think they would beat Indiana, but still, like, I, it, I have a question. Like, it's like four wins right now if they play like they played on against Purdue. All right, so kind of following up on that, how big of a talent problem does Illinois have right now? That's a good question. You know, I – well, you know, I think that we thought we had bridged the talent gap because we had so many draft picks and last year. But the reality is, is we don't look as athletic as we need to look against some of these other teams. I think if you look at the Power Five teams we played, they've looked drastically more athletic than us. Now, Penn State is going to look more athletic, but Kansas looked way more athletic than us, way way faster. Faster. Purdue looked, Purdue looked way faster. And what I was what I was interesting about is outside of Johnny Newton and uh, Keith Randolph their defensive line look more active and better than us, right? Um, which I never thought we would, we would, we would see that. And so um, their receivers obviously were, were more athletic than us. And, and then their offensive line, which is not supposed to be their strength, certainly played better than us, Purdue. So I'm looking at all these different things. So 
The question is talent-wise. Yes, I think we're behind on talent, so I do think that's an issue. I think we need to hit the transfer portal harder than what we did hit. Uh, I know we've had some success on the JUCO front. Obviously, hit the transfer portal uh, for Altmaier and Harper and some other players, but we've done JUCO for some of the offensive linemen. We've had success there. We've got to get more help sooner rather than later, unless some of these freshmen, sophomores, which I mean, I feel good about a lot of the recruits, yeah. but they're obviously not good enough to step in right now and play, or they would be. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a slow roll on the development. So I do think we need to upgrade our talent. If I if I'm just going over the the Power Five games we played, we certainly have had nearly as much. It didn't seem like we had as much talent as those other three teams. Yeah. When you outscored by fifty some points, fifty three points, or something like that in the last th- three Power Five games, so not good. I think that bridge to their prep recruits, because like, you can see that the the length, the athleticism, some speed, they need to bridge that a little bit more, and they're really going to have to hit the trenches in the in the transfer sure. portal. Jay, like they've yeah, kind of gone with these kind of lower level guys. They got to get like former four star prospects. This yeah, off no, I, I I agree. I think to your point, there's a lot of length out there. Let's take Boyer for example. I mean. Solid guy. He's going to be a good player yeah. for a long time in Illinois, right? I mean, he got the body type to block uh, and whatnot. They do a good job of developing guys like that. They've even got some guys with some great frames in the offensive line. Right now, though, we go to the second defensive line. It's it's not a Big Ten second team defensive line right now. It's I mean, I think they're good guys. I think they've worked hard to develop those guys, but there's a huge drop off. Yeah. Uh, and so we we've got to do better up front there. I do think. I do think long-term our defensive backs are at a talent level that are going to be good. I think Xavier Scott's going to be a good football player. I think Zach Toby's going to be a good football player. Uh, there's a reason, was it North Carolina or some, somebody yeah. he was recruited by? I think um, Sabor Kareem. Kareem is going to be good. I think Matt Bailey, I mean, not a, not a highly touted guy, but I think Matthew Bailey is going to be a good football player. He's not going to play the rest of the year, so that doesn't really help us. So I, I think on the defensive backside, we're going to be okay. Um I just am not sure up front where, where we're at right now. And and every good, you know, I would say, you know, Mike White did it with Jucos, right, to bridge the gap and try to make us better. I think now that's the transfer portal. Yeah. Well, Jay, Illinois is a favorite against Nebraska. Open as a four-point favorite. Don't know if that's uh, changed, but uh, how do they get back on tracking and give themselves a chance to kind of rebound this season? I, this is such an interesting game. I mean, Matt Rule, has, this is really down to the studs rebuild here. I, you look at their offense. It's a simplistic offense. They do run the football a lot. They actually, uh, until last week, were leading the Big Ten in rushing defense. A lot of people didn't know that. Now they had played some pass-happy teams and – Louisiana Tech and 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 Colorado and whatnot, but uh, they did play a Minnesota team and they shut down Minnesota's run run attack in Week One. So it's going to be a challenge to run the football offensively. We should offensively for Nebraska. They basically are running kind of old school 1990s a little bit. Nebraska they have a little bit of option in there. They have a couple tailbacks. Nobody's too scary. Heinrich Harburgers kind of replaced Jeff Sims as the quarterback. And from what I've seen, uh, he's good at running the football. They have a very limited pass game. You know, a couple of dink and dunks to running backs, receivers, and, and tight ends, and that's about it. I had to do that against Michigan because they couldn't do anything run-wise. But this is a very simple offense in my mind. This is where if Illinois gets run over by these guys or gets out-athleted by these guys, 
I'd be really scared because I look at the athleticism over there. They have some, but they're not dynamic right now on, on the offensive side of the football by any means. Now, defensively, I think they could give us some problems. I think their defensive line has played a lot better than most people think they've played. Um, so, again, I, I, this, is an Illinois game, this is a game that Illinois should win. Even Vegas thinks they should win, even despite that Purdue thing. But I don't even know. If they play like they did last week, they will not beat Nebraska. That third quarter was some of the worst ball I've seen in a long time. The, the, Garrett Miller running behind four defensive backs. I know there's missed assignments, but come on, guys. It's third and eight, and, and we got a guy just running right by us. So, anyway, that's what I would say about Nebraska. This is a game we should win. It's a big, it's a big game for Illinois. Huge game. It's a big game for this program. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic, but given what we've seen through five games, uh, and and given that you know Maryland's ahead, Wisconsin's ahead, Iowa's ahead. Like I know there's some winnable games, Jay, but based on how they're playing, there's not many of them. So they got uh, they got to show something Mike different. Fox has got it going on in Maryland. I mean, you look at what they've done. Uh, they've always been able to score points, and I, I think Talia. I, I personally think, although it's not a popular opinion among. Uh, Big Ten media members. I think Talia Tungavailoa has got the best arm in the Big Ten. I think it's better than JJ McCarthy. Yeah, that's not crazy. I, I think it's I think it's better than uh, than than Drew Aller. Uh, I think he can really seem right. They've got weapons all over the field. Uh, Caden Prather, Dyches, Jay Sean Jones, who's been there seems like forever. Uh, but they've got weapons and they're play, finally playing defense there, right? So they're playing defense. And then you look at Iowa. I mean. W- horrible stuff that happened to Kate McNamara, but they're, they're going to be Iowa, right? And that, that was so Iowa, how they won that football game, defense and special teams. And Wisconsin seems to be a little bit ahead of schedule. And I think if you're an Illinois fan, we, we have to talk to this because this runs into the psychology. We've watched this program for a long time. We, we are so tempered to get excited because we've seen this, right? We've seen this inconsistency of starting good and starting bad. And maybe we're a little bit ahead of schedule, caught lightning in a bottle last year, and maybe we're just farther behind than we thought. But I, again, I go back to our last three kind of rebuilds, uh, last two rebuilds under Turner and Zook. Turner went to the micronpc.com bowl, you know, had uh, wins at Ohio State and Michigan in year three. And that was a total ground up rebuild. And we're talking 0-11 in 1997. You know, we were a total ground, ground up rebuild in 2005 and we lost 63 to three to Penn state on national TV to two years later, beating them. Right. So in, in year three, you know, and, and so it's like, where are we at? You would think that in this era, we could build teams faster with a transfer portal. I don't know though. I don't know if we're doing that right now. And I think that's, I'm worried about it. Do I think Brett Bielma is the guy? Yes. Do I think he's a legitimate big 10 Midwest coach that wants to be here long-term a hundred percent. But I think based on what we've heard from him say in press conferences, and I can only go off what I hear him say, there's a legitimate level of concern yeah. about playing the way they played, and he knows he's got to get it right soon. Jay Lamb, you're the goods. We'll talk next week. We'll see if they give us something different to talk about. Let's go. we got to get that W. Come on, Friday night. Great stuff, as always, from Jay Lehman, but I, I just thought it was important um, that, that he brought what he brought today uh, to you Illinois fans because I think it's a little cathartic, and you know, for me personally – Jay Lehman knows a heck of a lot more football than I do. So, you know, you're sitting here after the game on Saturday night and, and Joey and I are talking about, like, what needs to be addressed and the way Brett Bielma had talked about the offense and what we saw on the field with the defense and the, and the stark similarities uh, and differences between the two defenses that run the same scheme. Now, I was thinking, what are the adjustments that can be made? You know, I, I don't know 
You know, Barry Loney's a little limited with what he's got at wide receiver. Obviously, with what he's got on the offensive line, he's got a new quarterback. But Brett Bielma continues to say, "We got to, we got to know what we do and help our guys and figure out what we can, how we can help them and how we scheme around that." And I was thinking twelve and thirteen personnel because it makes you more physical in the running game. Uh, you can do some play action things, some rollouts off of it offensively, uh, and and then you can just give some chip help. Uh, for these tackles, whoever is to play tackle. And I, I think it's still going to be Isaiah Adams, but uh, we'll see if the coaches say anything different this week. And, and then defensively, I, I just, what I loved about Ryan Walters and what I loved seeing from him on Saturday was just how aggressive he is. Just so aggressive. And sometimes it hurts you. Screen passes, remember that issue last year? But that seemed like such a smaller issue when, yeah, you're going to beat one once or twice. You're going to beat once or twice on screen passes a game. Okay, all right, you still got that free safety back there who's going to stop you from giving up too many big plays uh, as long as he's you know solid in his coverage back there, 25 yards off the ball. But up front, you just created so much havoc. And those guys in Sydney Brown always said, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. Boy, those guys pulled the trigger. Uh, just not seeing that from Illinois. They, they seem like the, the defense does not seem like the more aggressive unit at times, which is what the defense is supposed to be. And I just love against college-aged quarterbacks. Put pressure on them. Make them throw into tight windows. And if Hudson Card makes those throws against pressure, cool. But don't let them sit in the pocket. Don't let them diagnose what you're doing before the snap. And I don't know if that's happening as much because they still disguise coverages. But I just want him feeling like, man, this is relentless. That's what Orion Walters' defense always felt like. It was always relentless. And I feel like Illinois has got to get some of that back, even if their personnel is not quite as strong. I'd rather see it cause some havoc and get the most out of Gabe Ackes and Seth Coleman, Johnny Newton, and Keith Randolph, than kind of just sitting back and and teams kind of picking you apart. It feels like teams are just picking you apart a lot more uh, this year. At least Purdue certainly did. Kansas certainly did. Uh, Penn State not as much, but offensively they they got to change some things, and I think that's clear. Um, I think Brett Bielema, as JLM knows, said, I think Brett Bielman knows this is a big week. Not that this entire program's riding on this week, but they got to play better football. And if you continue to spiral here, any momentum you thought you built last year on the recruiting trail, all of that, you got to build it back up again somehow. And uh, they need to find a way to be competitive, have a chance to win on Friday against Nebraska. All right, thank you to everybody for listening to the Illini Choir Podcast. Give us a follow rating review. If you don't already, please take out 5, 10 seconds. Give us that five-star review. Give us a, a positive review. We appreciate when you guys do that. It really helps us out. Follow us on YouTube. You can see the video with Jay Lehman. Also have a film review coming up with Jay Lehman breaking down all the third downs. That's a VIP uh, thing. So it's $1 for a first month of VIP access. And I think we're going to have a deal to, to give you a a little bit more uh, this upcoming week. So look out for that promo if you're not a VIP member now. But Jay Lehman talking 20 minutes of breaking down third downs alone is worth it. Uh, so check that out later this week at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.